You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan number 151, special episode with a special guest, Guy Searle from the MyMac Podcast, and news on Tim's new podcast. What could it be? And it is Tech Fan number 151. I'm Tim Robertson, and as always, not always, but most of the time, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. It's kind of a uh, reunion show for us this episode. Yeah. And that is because we've invited in our friend, our buddy, our ex-co-host on the MyMac podcast, and the current host of that show, Guy Searle. I was going to say, ex-co-host? You guys well, know something I don't? <laughs> well, you're, you were the ex-co-host with David and I when we were... Yeah doing the show but oh that's true that's you're but as, you, as you're here there's something we did want to talk to you yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> well you know after um what almost 200 and some odd shows i'm surprised it's taken this long yeah that show's been going on a very long time now you're coming up on 500 yeah i know i i, I can't believe it I, you know i, I we say this at the end of of almost every single MyMac show. Is it, it, it blows my mind uh, how many people actually listen to to Gaz and me, and yeah, I I don't get it. I I really just don't get it. But hey, as long as they keep listening. Well, that's a show that's. I mean, it's one of the longest running podcasts in the world at this point. Yes, it Continuously. is. Continuously. I mean, it may have missed a week here and there, but. You know, since December 2004, it's been going on a weekly basis, sometimes yep. more than a weekly basis at Macworld Expos. Which is coming up. Yeah, so I know you're going. Oh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like I'm going, but yeah. you'd have a sponsor this year. You're getting sponsored by uh, Otherworld Computing. Yeah, we love the OWC. Not OWC, but the OWC. The OWC. Well, I've got some news about the OWC as well, Guy. Cool, let's hear it. So starting uh, hopefully this coming week, but it might be the week after. It depends on how things shake out. Uh, I am starting a brand new podcast uh, that doesn't affect this one at all. Tech Fan is not going away, but it is uh, a return. It's OWC Radio 2.0. Are, are you going to restart the, uh, the numbering? Or? I am. It's going to be a brand new show. Uh, the last OWC Radio I started back in, what, 2009? I think it was earlier than that. No, I think it was 2009. You know what? I can blow. How about I look it up? Um, because, well, David, because David and I did my Mac for, I think, what, almost a year? Yep. Uh, perhaps a little bit longer. So, OWC Radio, I've got it up here on my iTunes. The original first episode went live uh, <laughs> December 25th. Hey, Merry Christmas. Um, 2009. So, yeah, I did it. Uh, so starting in 2009, I did it part of, uh, oh, 2010, going to around September or so. And then I had to retire from the show. I went up to episode 42, which was September 17th. And it lasted uh, about a year and a half, two years after that. And uh, it's not broadcasting anymore. So I approached uh, Otherworld Computing with the idea of starting it up again, and it's going to do just that. It's going to be a bi-weekly show, so twice a month to begin with, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Cool. And was, the, Go ahead. I was going to say, it's always it's always fun to to come back to something you haven't done for a while and uh, try and do it, try and, you know, try and pick it up again. Well, when I, when I left OWC Radio, you know, I didn't really want to stop doing that show. I was really enjoying it. But the position that I had taken with another company kind of precluded me from doing that. Um, a very, the, com the company that shall not be named. Yeah. they That company didn't care, but uh, another company that was our primary source of revenue kind of insisted that, you know, I don't do OWC radio. I don't know why, um, but I was kind of bummed out. And so I, I retired from that show, and I was glad to see it continue. The same way MyMac continued, because when I started OWC Radio Guy, I retired from the MyMac podcast to do that show. And that's when right. you took it over. 
Well, David and I took it over. Correct. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's kind of like going backwards in some respects and going back I, to something I, I really enjoy doing. But backward, Backwards is something I do a lot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but in another respect, because I'm, it's, it's going to launch brand new fresh, it feels like a new thing. And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah, they, they've actually had uh, some turnover at, at OWC since I think you did the show last. They've had some turnover. They've also expanded their operations. Um, oh, yeah. They're in Austin, Texas now. Yeah, I think that's where Larry is actually living now. Yeah, isn't the it? owner. He is down in, in – uh, and who would blame him? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no, no, let's stay in Woodstock, Illinois, because the weather is just so wonderful oh. there year-round. And yeah, it's it's just a nice. And it is place a, it is a nice place. I mean, I'm, I'm not making fun of no no no. Woodstock's Woodstock, a great place. Illinois, I liked it a lot of there. Chicago area. Um, uh, when you and I actually you and I actually went there. Yep, for a and, my Mac podcast. Yeah, and we went to uh, the the square there in Woodstock, Illinois, where they filmed uh, the the principal outdoor scenes for Groundhog's Day. Yep, that was kind of neat. That was that was. We actually we actually went to the spot where Bill Murray repeatedly stepped in a, a deep puddle. That's right. <laughs> it, it was a fun experience, and that's kind of where the idea for OWC Radio came from. Because if you remember, guy, I actually talked to you about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we I think we uh, we recorded a podcast while we were there that we ended up not being able to use. Yeah, the audio was terrible. the The echo in this room that we recorded in was so bad. I actually still have the audio from that sit down, but the audio was so bad. No matter what I did, I could not clean it up. Well, sometimes when you you know if you have bad audio and you try to make it better, it just ends up being worse. It does, and it was too bad. But we still had a good time. It led to me doing OWC radio, and uh, indirectly again, I'm going back and doing a new OWC radio, and I'm I'm really jazzed for it. I it's, it sounds like a lot of fun for me. It really does. Excellent. Let's move on. There's a lot of things going on in the tech world right now. We do have feedback, and we'll get to that after our break. Um, But wow, what a week in tech, right? (laughs) The whole whole world's gone crazy. Did did something happen? No, not really. Okay. (laughs) One of the things I wanted to start off with, though, is what social media are you guys using? I mean, there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's Google+. Now, Guy, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, other than the three of us haven't actually done a podcast together in probably five years. Yeah. Eh, not that long, but it's been a long time, four years. Yep. You have started a community surrounding the MyMac podcast on Google+, and that you're really active there, and it looks like a lot of people participate. Where did that come from? Well, you know, we've, we had the, the, the Facebook page for the MyMac podcast for a really, really long time. And generally, people weren't going there. there. I mean, other than the stuff that either you or I or Gaz put in, there wasn't a whole lot of activity. No. And one of the things that I really like about social media and when you tie it into podcasting is being able to get feedback through easier methods than having somebody call a Skype number, which is 703-436-9501, or, um, uh, you know, just or filling out a form on the website. And all those things are great, but the, the ease and the immediacy of being able to get something from Twitter or from Facebook or, you know, from the social media network site that you prefer just kind of adds to the podcast and it, it, it kind of lets you know that people actually are listening and that they're paying attention to uh for well for better or worse what it is that you're saying and when the the, the google plus uh communities kind of started now they ha- i think they had actually tried to do something like this before and i don't remember what that was called but it was it was a, a failure i mean it, nobody was really using it so when the a when lot of the, people say that Google Plus is still a failure, it's a ghost town. I don't agree with that at all. Okay. I think um, I you know Google Plus has the I guess bad luck of being compared to Facebook, and other than the fact that it's also a a, a social media site, it, they're not really the same thing. Um, the, the way you interact with Google Plus is much different. 
than the way you would interact with Facebook. And when I when I started the G Plus uh, My Mac podcast community, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought, well, you know, maybe it'll be you know like it is on Facebook. But the the people that were on Google Plus are seem to be much more active, and and not just on the the My Mac site. There's a number of communities that I follow over there, and they're all very very busy. How many and of those are tech related? Almost, almost all of them. Yeah, yeah so, and that's I, what I, I mean. Um, I, when I say it's I a think... ghost town, that's the only people using Google Plus is, are are tech heads. Um, yeah. Because the average people, the average person that's not a tech head that uses Twitter, that uses Facebook, they're not using Google Plus at all. Period. It's a ghost town for everybody except the 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 technical elite, if you will. David, you think of me as technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I was I was going to make the same point that it, it is a little bit niche. It's, it's a bit like Twitter was when Twitter first started. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I suppose you could look at um, app.net, which is a similar sort of thing now, which is also very big in tech circles, but nobody else has heard of it. And that's really what Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn to a degree, though LinkedIn's more about business. Uh, right, but they all started by the tech. Well, they they got popular because of the tech people. They do, but they managed to break out beyond that. Right. And, well, it uh, took a while though. Yeah, but the thing is, is, that's when as a social network, you know, you've made it. And I'm sure that Google are desperate for Google Plus to reach that same level of of non technical familiarity. Yeah. But it's just not there at the moment. Having said that, I, I think as as um, Guy and Gaz's experience proves, that doesn't mean it, it's not it's not any good. Um, and clearly, you know, it's it's there's a thriving community there for for certain interest groups, and uh, you know, the community there is uh, over for my Mac is is excellent. And here's the thing for me, anyways. When I go to Google Plus, and as Guy knows, I actually do post stuff in your group as well, Guy. Yes. Um, well, I, I, I made you one of the moderators. Right, yeah. It only seemed fair since you actually own the <laughs> podcast. Um, the, the thing was, and the thing is, when I go there, Google Plus looks like it was created by engineers with almost no thought to design and aesthetics and usability. And heavy tech people like us usually don't have a hard time navigating sites that were created by engineers. The everyday people do. It seems confusing to them. They need the 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 pastone colors and the you know the hand holding. Yeah, the hand holding to, to get you from A to B. And I think honestly that's really what Google Plus is missing. That and I think a lot of people are getting a little bit more and more wary of Google Plus or of Google as In a general. company. Well, there's just the fact that your privacy doesn't really seem to be a very big concern to Google at all. And <laughs> that they're willing to sell anything about you to advertisers. And then the flip side of that is a story came out this week in Ad Week that advertisers are not happy with Apple because they're not providing the advertisers the demographic information on who's seeing the ads. In other words, Apple doesn't give a crap about the ad agencies. They care about the users and the user's privacy. And Apple's not going to share that because Apple's customers is the people buying the devices. It's not the advertisers. Google, however, their customers, where they make their money, is the advertisers. Right. And there's a huge conflict of interest there, I think especially when you're creating a social network that they're promoting for you to put all your personal information in there. So I think there's a, a well, a I mean, let's not, let's not, let's not pretend that, that Facebook isn't any different in this regard. I never said they weren't. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think the only, the, what really stings people about Google is, you know, they have this don't be evil thing yeah. that they started with and they've kind of jettisoned that. And yet, despite the fact they've jettisoned that, they don't own the fact they've jettisoned that. Facebook has kind of always owned the fact that, you know, well, this is what we do. Um, and everyone knows that Facebook will change their terms and conditions yes. in their favor. Absolutely. Uh, and then we'll back off with it from it when there's an uproar and that sort of thing. But Google tries to paint themselves, paint themselves as the nice guy, the nice company, when in fact their business their business is pretty much the same as Facebook's. So people into, yeah. people don't don't mind evil as long as you're not being a hypocrite at the same time. Yeah. 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 What do you think, guy? Um 
Yeah, that that's reasonably accurate. Uh, I, I, but I, I think the, the the problem is is that for a lot of people, especially if we're talking about uh, non technical people, they don't understand that you know. I mean, they get that that Google is all about uh, generating eyeballs for ads. I mean, that's what they've always done. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't get that Facebook is is pretty much the same thing. You know, yeah, I, I've seen Amazon. I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of a, a lot of people saying, "Well, there should be a paid-for social media site, and that way, you know, the the revenue generated from people that use the site will, um, you know, make it so that they don't have to sell all your information." What well, the problem with that is? Nobody would use it. No, nobody would use it. Because Everybody, if your friends aren't there, you're not going to be there. Plain and simple. Yeah. And I mean, we're looking at we're looking at a, a unfortunately we're looking at a time when when people expect everything that they see on the internet to be free, right? And what they don't seem to get is that you know, okay, the the bits and bytes that you're looking at, you get that other than well, I mean, you're paying your ISP, but you get that for free. But in the background, all the equipment and all the people that are necessary to maintain a site as huge as Facebook or even G plus that costs real money. It does. And you have to have some way to re to recoup those costs or you don't stay in business very long. You know, it really came to the forefront for me, David, you remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about fixing my stove. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, I took a, I used my iPhone to take a picture of the, the make and model because I couldn't quite read it where it was in the door. Uh -huh. uh, put it on my computer screen, blew it up. Oh, there it is. Typed it in. Uh, common problems. Found out what the common problems is. The igniter. Or the, uh, yeah, the igniter. And uh, did a search online. Found it at Amazon. And now I didn't actually buy it on Amazon. Like I said, I bought it from a local company. And it cost me another 15, 20 bucks than it would have on Amazon. But it's a local company. You know, and it's you a get it right option. away. Yeah. And if there's any problems with it, it's literally like five blocks away. I could walk there if, you know, there wasn't 20 feet of snow out there, I know. <laughs> and I know they're going to take care of me because they're just right down the block. And that's that's their business. And it was the problem. It did fix it. I was very happy. And I didn't care about the extra 20, 15, 20 bucks. Now when I go to Facebook, I have one of those little Amazon ads over there on my sidebar. Guess what product it keeps showing me? <laughs> the igniter. Mm-hmm. So how the hell does Facebook know that I was on Amazon looking at an igniter that I never bought? Well, obviously, cookies and stuff like that. But if I was just an average Joe, that would seem like a very scary thing, wouldn't it? Well, I think it bothers some people more than others. Yeah. Um, I mean, I heard an interesting comment the other day about all the Edward Snowden NSA stuff saying that <laughs> people are complaining about, about the, the security agencies stealing all our phone records and or capturing all our phone records and our metadata about our email and our, our messaging and all that sort of thing and yet people will happily sign up to google and facebook and and those companies probably know an awful lot more about you than the nsa does oh, absolutely and people don't care yeah. you know, they go oh, I, I, well, i've got a service so maybe what the nsa needs to do is set up their own social network uh, and just <laughs> mine the information that way <laughs> i love it that's awesome the NSA book, <laughs> NSA plus. Oh, that's that's perfect. I think you're absolutely right. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I wonder. I wonder if the NSA has a page on Facebook. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I if they did, they probably took it down at this point. I would imagine. <laughs> uh, how, did we, how, how did we end up with negative likes? Yeah. So. A piece of uh, information came out that I found kind of uh, interesting. Facebook went and bought this little company in, uh, oh, geez, holy smokes. Mountain View. It, it's unbelievable mm -hmm. that uh, it's basically, a, it's what app? And it's basically text messaging. Ah, uh, but it's very good text messaging. I use WhatsApp. For almost $10 billion? Uh, well, no, more than that. Nineteen, nineteen billion. Oh, sorry, or almost yeah. twenty billion dollars. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, there's six six billion of it was in cash. Yeah. Well, having having said that, if you actually pause the numbers, WhatsApp has a huge user base. 
Absolutely which is what they enormous. really wanted. And and seventy percent of those users apparently use it every day. I mean, it's it's you know, for an awful lot of people, it it is SMS. Yeah. Uh, I know SMS is not probably as big in in the US as as perhaps it is in other parts of the world, but there are an awful lot of people who rely on something like WhatsApp for communication. The, 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 one of the reasons is that in, in the US, most of your um, carrier bundles include text messaging. You pay for it, but you get unlimited text. Around the world, most, most carriers don't give you that. They, they may give you a, 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 a limited number of texts, and you can opt to have more. But you, um, after that, you're paying per message, and they're quite kind of expensive. So when WhatsApp came along and said, well, here's a way of doing it for free, um, and it, it, the, they've been very clever how it works. It works just like um, a text message on a phone does. You sign up with your phone. You can only have it on one phone. Um, you can't run it on any device other than the phone. So it literally supplants text messaging on a phone. And it goes via the internet. It's very secure. Um, and outside the US, WhatsApp is huge. They, and if you, if you look at the number of subscribers they got and divide by how much Facebook are paying, it's about $40 per subscriber. And that's probably a conservative estimate, which is not, is not a huge amount of money. I mean, uh, if you look per subscriber, how much Microsoft paid for Skype, they paid about $70 per subscriber. Yep. So actually, you could argue in, in that instance that maybe it was a bit of a bargain. The, the reason it's a bit of a bargain, in my opinion, is that WhatsApp is well on the way to being, uh, being well, it's, it's already huge, but it's, 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 I, I think it's already the second largest social network in the world. And, and kind of a lot of people don't know about it. So the thing is, if, you, if Facebook tried to buy it in two, three years' time, they wouldn't be paying $20 billion, They'd be paying $100 billion. So <laughs> now is the time to buy it. And, um, and yeah, maybe, that, maybe he would be buying Facebook. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think it's actually this is a very, very shrewd move. Very shrewd indeed. A lot of people I've been seeing posting, why didn't Apple go in and why weren't they interested? Well, you know what? And, and here's another thing that wasn't covered in this story at all. Apple already has this app. Yep. They have a message. It's baked into the operating system. It works exactly the same way as It actually WhatsApp. works better. Well, yeah, because because in, in Apple's case, they want it to service all of their devices. Yep. So um, effectively, it's already there. So why would they be interested in buying WhatsApp? The advantage of WhatsApp has is it's cross-platform. I use it whenever I uh, travel abroad. I'm going back to Hong Kong at the end of this week, and... When I'm overseas, I don't use my iPhone because that's tied to my uh, UK carrier and it's very expensive. So I get a local SIM and I put that in a different phone. And then I have WhatsApp on there because I know that my wife has WhatsApp here and she can text me back and forth and we can speak to each other over WhatsApp. And it's very, very useful for that. Yeah, it, it still took me by surprise, though. I mean, that it just seems like an ungodly amount of money for a text messaging app. Especially, especially sure considering... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's negotiation that went on. Yeah, well, um, I would hope so. But uh, I think when it came down to it, Facebook realized it was important for them to get into bed with these people, and uh, they wanted to pay whatever it took. So on uh, another topic, I've been saying on this podcast for a while, David, that I think Microsoft sh should leverage the Xbox name in some fashion with other products, especially their phones and their tablets. It just makes sense to me. You know, with Windows kind of has a negative connotation with a lot of people now, and it seems like, you know, the Windows heyday was really in the 90s and the early 2000s. That was the height of Windows popularity with the public. That's when the public had kind of a love affair with Microsoft and what they were doing. They haven't had a love affair with Microsoft in 10 years. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to be cruel, but that's just the fact. People don't seem to like Windows anymore, for whatever reason. So when I saw this bit of news, that in the new Xbox, or on the new uh, Windows phone, they've got kind of a Siri thing, but they're calling it, at least in the developer model, Cortana, which is the artificial AI from the Xbox Halo games. And I thought, this is kind of clever. This is actually, if they leave it as it is in the public release... This is exactly what I was saying, David, leveraging something from their video games into the real-world product, give you that little bit of a connection. And I think this would be smart if they do it. And I, I, it like you said in your email back to me, they're probably going to change the name to 
you know. It's going to be called Windows Messenger. You yeah, know it is. It is. <laughs> oh, sorry, Windows Assistant. Yes. Um, that I guarantee you, <clears throat> even with a change of head at Microsoft, those, those, those marketing people who are convinced that everything has to have the Windows moniker on it will, will not sure. will not keep it as a name called Cortana. Um, have you seen, and, uh, have you ever played Xbox? Either one of you, uh, Halo particularly, and seen Cortana? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know it's a female AI. She's kind of sexy looking. She has kind of a cool voice. Wouldn't it be cool if you brought up a Siri type of thing and it actually showed kind of a, that holographic image of Cortana with that voice asking questions? Well, they definitely won't do that. Oh, I know they won't. They don't even they, do that in public beta. Right now it looks it more like Halo 9000. And, but and it won't even sound like the Cortana from Halo either. No, they're not going to pay that actress millions of dollars to you know, to say all those words so they can string sentences together. But well, why, yeah. why would it take millions of dollars? Because I mean, it would take... Because who, who is the actress that, that did the Cortana voice? I don't know, but if, if she knew that this was what was coming, wouldn't you charge millions of dollars? <laughs> Probably. She must have an agent. Yeah, they're not. Well, they can always they can always take me. I'll do it. <laughs> Only a hundred thousand dollars. Hello, name guy. Is, what can I help you with today? Her name is I, Jennifer. I want a pizza. <laughs> yeah, her name is Jennifer Taylor. Yeah, my she name is Cortana. What can I do yeah. you for? <laughs> Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> well, guy, your exit's up here on the left, and you'll see the hot now right after that, and then of course. You got your Ace Hardware store, and uh, let's not forget, we know you're going to want to go into the IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> and how odd. I was actually looking for a Ford dealer. You know, you know, as I say that voice, you know what I was actually thinking about doing and pitching to you, David? What's that? Starting up um, a new podcast that would be like 15 minutes long every couple weeks. You use a very high-class, snooty British voice <laughs> cheeky buggers I, I do that <laughs> that's no you don't actually um that that's very uh, very educated and and has very little patience for stupidity and i do that very redneck <laughs> ignorant voice and i just the whole podcast really is is a q a but I'm too stupid to realize that what you're doing is basically talking down to me the entire yeah. time. Wait, isn't right. that tech fans? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, and then the episode always ends the same way where I threaten to put a boot up your ass at the end. <laughs> I okay. thought that would be funny. I, I'm sold on that. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> funny enough, this, this actress who plays Cortana also plays princess peach in the Mario games. Mm. Now, how would that be for an avatar? <laughs> yeah, that would be different. I'm looking at her IMDb page here. She also does Zoe from Left 4 Dead, too. Yeah. I heard that was a good game, but I've never played it. Oh, Left 4 Dead 2? Fantastic yeah. game. Is it? I, I play it all the time. Uh, so it's I, zombies, I read, right? Yeah, yeah. Do, we all know oh, that guy loves zombies. Zombie. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> it's, it's not zombies in the undead way, but zombies in the infected way. Oh, right. Yeah, it's, big difference gotta gotta avoid mixing those up now isn't the zombies well, in that game is. like really fast yes oh yeah. my god and they and they swarm hmm. quickly awesome so with the uh zombie reference let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some feedback and some more topics we'll be right back. here we go Curious about Nintendo? Well, check out the Nintendo Club podcast. This podcast is done twice a week. We dive into all things Nintendo. We dive into retro. We dive into current games, what we're playing, what cool Nintendo news is going on. Check it out here at the Spotlight Network, the Nintendo Club podcast. We broadcast this live out every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the NintendoClubPodcast.com website for more information. Back on Tech Fan number 151, Tim Robertson, David Cohen, special guest, Guy Searle from the MyMac.com podcast. Hello. And uh, before we uh, go any further, we invite you all to go to TechFanPodcast.com and send us feedback. We will read it right here on uh, the show. And David, you've got the one from this week from Eric Diaz. I have, yeah. Said um, Eric said to us, first of all, David, there is a flea next free. No, flea. flea? 
There's a free Netflix, free Netflix trial. A free Netflix trial. Watch House of Cards. You'll thank us later. I've got to admit, I'm, I'm not going to sign up for a Netflix trial because we all know that you never cancel those things and I'll end up paying for it. I did but on, I, Hulu I, Plus, or on Hulu Plus. I canceled yeah. mine. Yeah. But I had three I, I days to go and I went, cancel. They are playing trailers for House of Cards here and it, it is kind of intriguing me. I probably am going to try and so catch it. So good. Second, about Hulu Plus, what gets me, Tim, is not the ads, it's the fact that these Hollywood morons still don't get it. Sometime I'm going to watch a show or a movie on my iPad and it says I can't because it's web only. What is the difference between a laptop, a desktop, or a tablet or a phone besides a flash player? It is still connecting to the same server via the internet. They just don't get it. Uh, well, I'd say they do get it. The thing is, when they say web only, they mean we need you to watch this with our ads around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's exactly what that yeah side. that's that's what they're saying eric they want to be able to interrupt your viewing to dump ads on you right in the middle whether it's a place where the content creators stop the show to put an ad in for the commercial break or whether it's a movie where they can just stop you watching at any point throw up two minutes worth of ads and i like how the ads now say was this ad uh important to you or was this ad did you like this ad get out of my face that's, that's what right. i think about your ad or or even worse they want to give you a postage stamp size uh, video in the middle of the screen surrounded by ads mm-hmm. but they don't want you to have a full screen decent high definition experience because they want to charge you later for that you know one of the things on um with my infinity they have a whole bunch of stuff up on their website that you can watch content there and that's comcast obviously but they're actually using the Hulu Plus backbone because they will show ads and they'll show about five minutes worth of ads sometimes. And there's no way to pause the ad. There's no way to adjust the volume on the ad. It's just, and it's always louder than the rest of the content. So well, I'm that's, constantly that's, scrambling. That's all the time. Yeah, I'm constantly scrambling for the mute button on my keyboard. And then I go over to Facebook while the ads are playing and do that and just kind of keep an eye on it on the corner of my eye until the actual content comes back up but oh you know i understand and guy you said this earlier this content does cost money yes you know somebody has to pay the pied piper that's just the way it is this content these websites all of this is created by people and look people got to eat they got to pay their bills so someone has to pay at some point but really you these companies really need to learn how to get a little bit more use a little bit more finesse on how they they advertise because right now they're just bludgeoning us over the head with them well you know there's 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 a there's a a relatively simple way they could do it that wouldn't be so obnoxious and that would you know you you first click on the video you've got a five to ten second very very quick ad just you know this this content is sponsored by and blah 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 halfway through the the tv show you get another maybe 30-second ad, and then they bring you right back into the content. And uh, maybe just after the finish, there's one more if you're still watching it at that point. But, yeah, you don't need to bludgeon someone over the head. Yeah, but they, they want to sell more ads. They, uh, the, the other problem is that traditionally ads sold via the Internet are sold very cheaply yep. compared to ads on TV. That's starting so, to change. So, well, yeah, so... Um, but but that's the model at the moment. So they go to an advertiser and say, "Do you want to advertise on this streaming thing?" And they go, "Yeah." And they are, they they won't pay more than a, a tenth of what they would pay for a um, a similar spot on national TV. Uh, and so the uh, they have to make that on volume. So they have to bludgeon you with the ads. That's unfortunately that's the way they do it. And in terms of making it a nice experience they're not about these in that they're just interested in how much revenue they can get and maximizing the value of the content by getting as many eyeballs onto as many ads as possible which is revenue stream i was watching an episode of fast and loud on there and it's kind of a goofy show it's about car mechanics and they build cars and they sell them and it's kind of goofy though and the guys are very much characters and they do play in front of the camera they don't pretend otherwise but they had like I'm gonna say four commercial breaks, and every one of the ads was from Walmart. Hmm. And each one of the ad breaks, they had to show four ads because it tells you you're watching ad one of five. Yeah, and there were 30 seconds ads. They were exactly but all, but the same. All from Walmart. All from Walmart, and exactly the same ad. Oh, 
and they had three commercial breaks, which means I had to watch that same <laughs> ad fifteen times in a half hour. Do you think? Do you think that's really effective advertising, people? No. And th- and this is what annoys me is that the. In some ways, it's not the fact that you have to put up with the advertising. You know, I I, I watch. Um, obviously, here in the UK, we have on TV we have. Uh, public broadcasting is the BBC which doesn't have ads though it, it does advertise its own content so it kind of does have ads <laughs> they're always trailing something else somewhere else on their network um, and then you what you we have commercial television which is is um, is advertiser sponsored and advertiser paid and even if you stream it then you you have to watch ads and that sort of thing now when my wife picks up the remote when we come to an ad break on a TV show and um she changes the channel, starts flipping. I say, "Don't do that. That you're stealing, because sure. that's the way. It's, that's the because that's kind of what it is. That's the price you pay. You've got to watch the commercial TV program. You should watch the ads. It's kind of kind of the deal. So um, that's the uh, that's that's the thing. Now, I I kind of don't mind that. I understand that's the bargain. What annoys me is if it's done lazily or it's done badly and advertising is one of the most creative mediums going some of the some ads are great absolutely and the way some ads are done are great there's no need to do to put you through the experience you had tim which which obviously is going to turn you off from that sort of thing it can be done properly the problem is is sometimes in the scramble to make a buck uh, particularly on internet stuff where they're not making many bucks uh, they just kind of give it to the intern and say do whatever the hell you want and that's how you end up with 12 of the same ads in one in one go and it doesn't have to be like that. I was watching uh, a TV show a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was sponsored by the Lego movie, the new Lego movie that's just come out. Yep. And what they did is for every ad break, they'd redone every ad. These are ads we were all familiar with because they're on TV all the time. They'd redone each of them in Lego. See, that's brilliant. See, exactly. It was brilliant. Now, the ads were exactly the same, but the thing is they really stuck in your mind because they'd all been – beautifully redone in lego all the, the some of these people have famous british actors and that sort of thing redone in lego same voices same music same everything just the whole thing was done like it was done in the lego world it was brilliant i saw an ad today as a matter of fact is um some norwegian airline <clears throat> and it shows this beautiful and it's about the, the the olympics at least that was the kind of the theme and it shows this beautiful woman walking through the airport and all these different sports guys are like doing their thing to try to get her attention. There's the skateboarders yeah. and the archers and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. The skiers, yeah. and she's kind of ignoring everybody as she's walking along. And then she walks out onto the tarmac, and you see all these guys from you know all these different athletes, kind of looking at her like, "Oh my God, she's so beautiful." And she, as she walks to the plane, this woman comes off the plane, comes up to her, and they kiss. These two women. And then it says, no matter what team you play for, <laughs> I died laughing. Sorry, I missed that. I'm frantically looking for that commercial right now. <laughs> no matter what team I, you play for, and then whatever the company was. But I just thought that was, that was so good. That was so brilliant. That was probably Air Viking. Uh, the, the problem with Air Viking is when you want to leave the plane, you have to use an axe. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> bam. But I thought that was a really good ad. I, you know, you could do ads that are clever now. And I think sure. the, the Lego ads that you described, David, sound like some of the best commercials I've never seen. I would love to see them just to see them. But let's be honest. There's a lot of laziness apathy crap and they just throw it out there speaking of throwing it out there here's something else that happened in the news this week and uh, i don't know what to make of this elon musk is the ceo of tesla the car company electric car company confirmed that he had talks with apple in particular the apple acquisition team but he said that the uh the chances of an actual acquisition was probably you know very uh Unlikely. <laughs> Slim to none. I, what do you think about this guy? Um, I I can't see Apple buying a car company. I could see Apple in partnership with Tesla to make like a, a branded car. Yeah, I could see them. But all the money, with battery technology, maybe. Mm, 
could you imagine the size of an iPhone that you would have to have to use like the the, the batteries that they put into a Tesla? No. Talk, yeah, you talk about a 5.5 inch screen being too big. Okay. Okay. Well, now this iPhone is huge, but the battery will last for 16 years. Just like <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just like Apple is uh, investing some money into Sapphire displays, and we discussed that last week, David. Yeah. Or no, the week before that, actually. Mm-hmm. The other big thing that Apple really needs to get better with is battery technology. And they are, slowly but surely. And they don't really get enough credit for it. I mean, if you compare the battery life of a current iPhone to one just, oh, let's go back to the 4, you're getting about the same amount of time. But yet, it's a bigger and a brighter and a better screen. The radios are better in it. Everything's better in it. Everything's going to take more power, but you're still getting the same talk time. You're still getting the same standby time. Why? Because the batteries are getting bigger and better. And, and, and also the computing stuff they're designing in them is more energy efficient. And I think are. that's that's somewhere where Apple has been leading the way. Yep. It's, uh, together with Intel, to be fair, because I think on the on the laptops, Intel has been focused pretty hard on that too. But, you know, Apple's designing the software to be very power efficient now. Um you know, Mavericks is very power efficient. I've seen a jump in battery life in my in my laptop since I upgraded to Mavericks. So doesn't that isn't that some good? And I hate using this word because it sounds so corporate, but isn't that some really good synergy between those two companies? Because that's all Tesla is about is really good battery life. Because if you don't have it, who gives a crap about electric guitar? You can get down to the you know the end of your block and then you got to recharge it again. Yeah, but I don't I don't know enough about Tesla to know whether they're I mean, sure, they're interested in using better batteries, but I don't know whether they're managing the power in the car any better than, than anybody else would. No, not really. I've, I've kept abreast of that. And actually, who's doing a really good job of that right now is Nissan mm-hmm. uh, with their new Leaf, which is an ugly little car, but the technology oh, God, underneath hideous. it is is quite impressive. They just don't know how to design a nice-looking car when it comes to electrics. I don't know why. Well, they have a California studio that I know, helps I don't. them to design well, that, cars, th- especially for the American market. The problem is, for an electric, the first thing that has to come is the aerodynamics. So, that, and then they style on top of that, and, and unfortunately, that's why all the electric cars, even the Prius and that sort of thing, are kind of funky looking because it's all actually about aerodynamics more than anything else. True, but I mean, a Lamborghini is very aerodynamic as well, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not ugly. So is the Ferraris, you know. There's a compromise yep. there, and they're going too far in the ugly category. Um, well, well, the the big problem with electric cars is is that none of these manufacturers seem to be cooperating with one another to develop battery technology. Uh, something, you know, the the only way that that we will truly replace the uh, the internal combustion engine is if you can pull into a gas station, somebody comes out with a new battery, plugs it in, and then you're off in 10 minutes or, or less. Uh, right now, you, you're, you have a limited range of anywhere from 100 to, you know, on the extreme end, 300 miles. Well, if you get into a Tesla and you drive 300 miles, you've pretty much got to wait like another four to eight hours before you can go anywhere else. Yep. So so there is no yeah. long distance that's available right now for electric cars. Which either either that my- or they've they've got to they've got to find a way of uh, you know, we could all live with, with the battery technologies it is today if you could charge it in five minutes. Right. And the, or, again, or, or easily to, replace it. Right. Yeah. And that comes back to Tesla talking to Apple. I have to imagine that Apple is very interested in fast charge, long life batteries. No, I'd, I'd have thought so. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's something to a partnership between those two companies, whether it's an acquisition or it's just a straight up, you know, R&D having, type of partnership. Yeah. Having said that, Tesla's dashboard in in their cars is effectively is just a great big tablet. It could, the, the topic of conversation could have been no more than, um, well, would, would we want to integrate iOS into the car? It could have it could have been no more than that, rather than anything more detailed or technical. Be kind of embarrassing if you sitting in your Tesla playing GT racing and <laughs> you look up, there's an eighteen wheeler coming ah! down the road. <laughs> Virtual reality and reality collided. Like- Combine Literally. it, combine it with the uh, with the Google self driving system as well. Mm-hmm. So basically, the better you play, you better play your game. Then the less crashes the Google car has on the way. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't let your ten year old <laughs> take the wheel. 
That's right. One of the things my, because uh, I'm looking to change some of my uh, insurance policies for my cars. Uh, I just paid off my Honda, so I don't need to keep, you know, the platinum best of everything. Uh, but I can't change it quite yet because, <laughs> you know, I, I talked about I got in that rear car accident, the rear ended. Yeah. Um, around Christmas time. And then again, last week, wait, what's today? Right? No, this week. I had someone, while my car was parked at the hardware store, hit my front bumper and cracked it. Oh. Yeah. So. And, and, of course, didn't leave a note. You know, didn't no. Say well, actually, this old guy was waiting outside when I came out. And he goes, that's your silver car? I said, yeah. And he goes, someone hit it. <laughs> it's like, what? And I didn't see anything because from my angle, it looked fine. I was like, someone hit it? Of course, he gave you a full description of the vehicle and their license plate, didn't he? He gave me the description of the vehicle, but no license plate. So when I called right. 911, they said they can't roll a cop out to it because... There's uh, zero chance that they're going to be able to catch whoever did it. So there's no viable suspect, they said. They can't pull over every blue and white Chevy pickup truck. And uh, I haven't got the rear bumper fixed yet. So now I have to get front and rear bumper fixed. That'll be the first of March that that week that I take it in. But, uh, but regardless... I went into my insurance agency to make the claim for the new accident. I actually emailed them the night before. They thought it was funny. and uh, Until they had to cut the check. Yeah, well, it's not that big of a check. Front and rear bumpers on a Honda Accord is not very expensive. Compared to, you know, something like you drive guy. Oh, what the, the, the flex. So she asked me if I was interested in the safe driving thing. And I said, what is that? She goes, it's a little dongle that you plug into your car and it basically monitors the way you drive and if it monitors that you're a really good driver that you don't speed a lot you're not going huge distances which obviously now that i'm not going to chicago anymore that's that's okay um it will actually save you up to 15 percent. and i thought yeah you know what i probably would be interested in that is it a little big brother-ish yeah but i'm not really too concerned about that they, they, they've been doing those a lot over here, mm-hmm. um, particularly aimed at people who traditionally have higher insurance premiums like uh, young people uh, or people driving powerful cars and that sort of thing. They, oh, they like tend me. to offer those. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only warning I would give you is that I've heard some horror stories here of people who've had problem with the unit uh, and it stopped for some reason or other. It doesn't pick up what they're doing or it stops transmitting to the insurance company. And then all of a sudden the insurance company assumes you've deliberately disconnected it and start getting very threatening. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, there can be some punitive clauses in those if they decide that something fishy is going on. I'll ask about uh, that. They yeah, so it so sends I, everything to me via email, which I then send to the insurance company. Right, so it so all routes through me. That's a different system then. The ones, the ones in the UK here basically have GPS and uh, GSM in, and they send the, the data straight to the insurance company. It does that, but she said the, the new ones that they use, it actually is, uh, it generates an email that is sent to you, and then you actually decide to send it off to the. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I, th- I think the uh, yeah, the other thing you want to think about is is who's going to fit that device to your car, um, because if they're going to, you know, you won't want some some guy straight out of school it actually plugs just right into a, the maintenance port underneath the dash right okay so it doesn't I have to access. be okay if, if you can do it yourself that's fine again i've heard some stories here in the uk of you know they send um, somebody who looks like they've just left school to come and fit this thing into your car and in the uk they they put want to put them under the under the hood where the engine is in a way that it can't be tampered with. Um, and some of these guys have kind of caused problems with the cars or ripped out the dashboards for wiring and then caused rattles and all this sort of thing because they're, you know, lowest common denominator workers. Yeah. So, um, but it sounds like the people, the people you're dealing with have <laughs> learned from our experiences. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you also have to figure that the United States is probably more a litigious society than the UK, although I have heard some stories. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So before we wrap up this episode, Guy, what's been going on with the MyMac podcast? What have you been up to over there lately? Uh, well, uh, we're getting ready, to, or I'm getting ready anyway, to uh, to go to Macworld. So when is Macworld? Is it the beginning of March? No, it's the end of March. Ma- end of it's, March, okay. Yeah, it's the, oh, I think it's the 27th through the 29th. Uh, let me bring up calendar used to be i cal now it's calendar yeah and 
Uh, I'm going to be doing what I what I typically do when I, when I go to MacWorld, where I, I first go to uh, my friend's house in Ohio and then fly out of there to San Francisco. Uh, yeah, it's the 27th, 28th, and 29th of March. And this will be the third year in a row that uh, I go iOS only. And this may actually be the first year when uh, things will work out the way I wanted them to. Yeah, I talked about you going iOS only here on this podcast either last week or the week before. I don't yeah, know it was heard that. last week. Oh, yeah, 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 I heard it. And, uh, yeah, it, I, you know, I listened to the episode where you describe all the steps that you have to go through. And other than no Dropbox integration in the program that you used, you're pretty much ready to go at this point. I mean, if you could somehow get that file to me easily. Oh, it does. The, the, I found a different uh, digital audio workstation program called Aria that does have a direct Dropbox integration. Mm-hmm. And the, the cool part about it is, I mean, you, just having Dropbox by itself is cool because uh, if Elisa or Vicky do an interview, I can go right into it from the program and say, okay, well, give me that interview and then put it on the timeline and you know dr- take it to where I want to take it. But the really cool part about their Dropbox integration is that when you select an audio file, it asks you which track you want to put that file on. Oh, that's nice. That yeah. is oh so cool. And, and I you was just drag and drop where you want it as far as the timeline. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's kind of the same thing that I do in, in GarageBand when I do the MyMac podcast. So you're gonna use your iPad? Yeah. Okay. And I and I have this this little this little box from a company called Art called the Dual Pre. It's got two XLR inputs and actually I just picked up uh, a second uh, Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred, which is both USB and XLR. And so instead of because like in the past when we've done podcasts from the, the MacWorld Expo, we basically pass a microphone around to however many people we have. Yep. But with this this uh, Art dual pre little box i can connect two different microphones usb out directly to the ipad and the aria program allows me to record both of those microphones on different tracks that's nice so i can actually adjust the the audio quality of both of them and monitor it at the same time so that i can hear what's going right into it that's pretty cool yeah and and it's going to be so much easier now i had to make uh because the the problem with the, the ATR2100 uh, by Audio-Technica, yeah, is that it's an XLR microphone and USB, but the iPhone doesn't put out enough power through either the 30-pin or the lightning port to give it enough for, you know, phantom power for, for this type of uh, dynamic microphone. So... Uh, I've, I'll, I'm also going to use the uh, what is it the the iPre I think you know I think it's called the iPre, and it's it's XLR in and then the the little headphone jack out that goes right into the iPhone, and the the microphone itself is powered from an internal battery, so I won't have to take like a separate type a separate microphone for just doing interviews on the floor with the iPhone or even worse like I did last year walk around with the iPad. With a with a microphone connected to yeah. it, that, that was so awkward. Yeah, I I had like three different inappropriate jokes for the iPre, but I'm gonna let them all go. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, guy, how are you spelling that app for the i for the iPad that you're using for the audio? Oh, it's A U R I A, I think, okay. off the top of my head. Aria. Yeah, it's not cheap. It, it's they have two different versions. Uh, I have the LE version, which only lets you record up to 24 tracks at a single time. Uh, the, the full version of it, uh, r- you can record up to 48 tracks. Wow. It's not, yeah, it's, it's 35, 35 pounds, so what, what's about $50, something like that? It's not expensive for what it is. Well, that's for the full version. For the yeah. LE version, it's, uh, it's about half, 25 half bucks. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But I, I really can't see me needing more than 24 tracks. This, yeah, this looks really nice. Really nice. I'm kind of... Um, the only thing that, that kind of help, holds me back from, from doing podcast recording on the iPad is that um, I still haven't found a solution for recording Skype using it. Well, which, you know, and I thought about that, and I haven't tried it, but I think what you what I could do is... Uh, if I only have the the one microphone that's connected to the Art Dual Pre, I could use Skype on my iPhone, headphone out of that, 
yeah. uh, with, with a one eighth to uh, one quarter adapter into the second port in the Art Dual Pre because I'm still monitoring it through headphones that's connected to the Art Dual Pre, so I'll be able to hear it, and the person that's on Skype would hear me through the iPhone's microphone. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good solution. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet, so I have no idea if it'll actually work. But uh, in theory, it should work. So one of the things that I had been talking about here for, I don't know, a few months now, was that to, uh, 2014 is the 10-year anniversary of the MyMac podcast. And that it's gone through kind of a, a few different iterations over the years, but it's it's really stable now with you and Gaz. Um, we actually have two best-of shows ready to go. We'd probably need to create another two at the most. Uh, yeah. What are your plans for the best of shows? Uh, well, I kind of like how, because what I had, I had actually done, and I don't remember what episode it was, where I, I had taken some some bits and pieces from some of the stuff that Gaz and I had done, but it was mostly for the giggles. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I like what you did in that, you know, you basically took like Segments. whole sections yep. of, of the shows. And then put like three of those together, and I think that works better than just going. Okay, well, let me get let me listen all the way through here and get this ten second snippet and this twenty second snippet that was really funny. Um, while that's entertaining, it's a lot of work. Well, the uh, way especially I did when you consider the get ga- ga- Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm mean, Gaz and I have done um, uh, over two hundred shows together, right? And that's a that's a lot of of history. It is, so, and that's why when I was putting these together, I thought the first one will be basically me and Chad, because yeah. that's how the show started, and then it revolved into, or evolved into uh, you, me, Chad, and some of the segments, mm-hmm. and then it was you, me, and David, Right. and then the last one would be just you and Gaz, and it's easier to skip through a show listening if you're just listening for the segments rather than the little tiny bits. Yeah. So exactly. that's easier. But it's still, putting them together is still not a, a, a fun task. But we do have the first two ready to go whenever you want to kick them out live. That's up to you. Um, but I do think they shouldn't be named the same. It shouldn't be like, hey, this is episode 501. It's the best of show. It should be best of show one or best of show two, something like that. And put it out as, as it, it's on the same feed. but uh, uh, Right. But it's, yeah. it's independent. So if you don't want to skip a show, if, if you and Gaz don't want to skip a week, you can still do the regular show, but midweek we can kick out a best of, and then they got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, now, I'm, I'm looking at, as I'm looking at the schedule here, I'm going to be leaving for my friend's house in Ohio in March, probably on the 20th or the, or the 21st, which means that I won't be doing a show on the the 23rd which is a sunday because gaz and i usually record on a sunday so be a good time to kick out the the best of show right before Macworld. yeah you know what i will i will put that together um it's pretty much already together but yeah, I, I already created it for you <laughs> i already did all well, the work I, well i mean the, the show but it doesn't have the An breaks intro. it doesn't have the commercials it doesn't no. have you know, so I'll I'll take a look at that and uh, get that into get that into Dropbox so that for that weekend when I you know I won't be available to record with Gaz. Just send Gaz me an email or a text like you usually do, and I'll push it live. Yeah, and that way Gaz will also won't have to scramble for you know somebody else to record with. By the way, while I'm thinking about a guy, yeah, um, you know how like you sh- save the file for me and you already name it in the RSS feed and all that. Yeah. Yeah, you you need to rename the uh, the actual file because I always have to go in and do that. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. So that, instead of that, my that, Mac dash podcast dash and then the number, you don't put the dashes in, but you do in the RSS feed. Then I have to go back into the MP3 and actually correctly name them. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about when, when I when I in the Dropbox I, file. Okay, I'm I'm confused. That's okay. I'll show you later. Oh, um, or- how hard is that? Yeah. So my other question is, you've got yeah. episode 500 coming up. I know that's going to be a big deal for you guys. It's right in the week of Macworld. Yeah. Now, we've been we've been talking about that. And I think what I'll do is instead of, you know, my Mac podcast, 498, 499, so on and so on and so forth, it'll just be my Mac podcast, uh, you know, number one for the Macworld Expo. 
Yeah, that's what I did uh, back in the day. Uh, I got lazy, I think, one or two years where I actually named them sequential numbers. But usually I would say Macworld 2012, you know, day one. Macworld 2012, yeah. day two. So, okay, cool. I know everyone's riveted to this end of the conversation <laughs> at this point. So. so anything going on with you, David? Any, uh, well, news? as I say, I'm I'm uh, heading out to Hong Kong next Friday. Yep. I'm going to be there Kong. for just over, uh, well, yeah, about a weekend, about 10 days. So you won't so, be able to do the show on Friday. I won't be able to do it on Friday. I could probably do it over the weekend because uh, I'll be... Uh, and you get good at Wi-Fi there, good internet in uh, Yeah, I get, I get good good internet in Hong Kong. Yeah, so, we'll work uh, that out. So you'll most likely you will be here next week for the show. That's right. And I am... Um, Think about what, yeah. Uh, the jet lag's not too bad actually. So no. uh, you're going the way to avoid jet lag. So it's when you come back, it's horrible. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking about picking up a ginormous phone while I'm there. Yeah. Six inch phone. Wow. Oh my God. So um, at what point is that we'll be a that. tablet instead? Well, that, that, they, these are one of those ones they call a phablet. Because <laughs> it's half halfway, yeah. it's a it's a tablet with a phone, so um, I'm going to look into that when I get out there anyway. But uh, yeah, so I shall uh, we'll we'll schedule something once I uh, know where I'm going to be this week. You know, Tim, so uh, okay, uh, you yeah. know that I've um, I've re- recommended books in the past, mm-hmm. and I've I've tried to stay towards books that I think this audience would actually enjoy. And I'm reading a new book right now, David. I thought you might enjoy this one. It's called Anatomy. Uh, Anonymally, sorry. Uh, uh, let me go back to... Let's see if I can buy... Does it have any aluminium in it? Aluminium. By uh, Peter Caudron. C-A-W... I don't have my glasses on. D-R-O-N. Yeah. It's like a $5 book in Amazon. Um, oops, I hit the mic stand. I just read another one of his as well. He actually sent it to me for free, hoping I would review it, and I did. But I've read two of his books now. He's a science fiction writer. This is a a first contact book, but unlike any you've read before, um, it's really, really good. And it's it's very short. You could read it in a day. But I think you would enjoy reading this on the plane. I think this is a, a book you personally would really, really enjoy. I'm going to pitch it now and stick it on my Kindle, and I shall read that on the way out. It's uh, it's good. I think you'll like it. What's the other one? I read the one that he sent is also good, but I don't want to say it wasn't as good. I just I didn't enjoy it as much, but I really did like it. So I, it's hard to clarify that. Oh, I, I really like. It's not as good, but I really, I I liked it. Um, and it's not on my device now, so I can't tell you the name of that one. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure going back to what we started back at Beanie, now that I've bought the uh, that book, I'm going to get bombarded by emails from Amazon offering me all his other stuff. So yeah, you will. <laughs> you will. It was a uh, it was a good book though, and I think you'll like this one as, a lot as well. It was. Uh, I'm almost done with it, so I'm not. I I can't tell you if it has a satisfying ending. I don't know, but I could tell you that even when I'm not reading it, I'm thinking about it, and that says something about any book. Cool. So I will put a link. Let me write that down because I'll forget. Uh, link to book there. So if you guys want to buy that book, uh, I don't have a, an Amazon thing that if you click through, I get money or anything like that. But I will put a link at the my Mac po- or <laughs> uh, at the uh, Tech Fan <laughs> Podcast uh, number one fifty one. So look for that at techfanpodcast.com and you'll find a link directly to the book if you want to check it out. And of course, being at Amazon.com ebook. You can download the sample. It will usually give you 10 to 20 pages. If you dig it, then you can buy it. And if you don't, it didn't cost you a dime. I really, really like that aspect of uh, of Amazon. I, yep. I, I don't know how many people still take advantage of that, but it's so good. I love doing that. So, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode of uh, Tech Fan. Thanks, Guy, for being here. I really did appreciate that. It's been a oh, long it's time. Oh, great. It has been. And, and I, you know, I love podcasting with you guys. And of I'd course. still like to get all of us together to do a special my mac podcast towards the end of the year you know the the four of us and then maybe uh i don't know john nemo had a big thing to do with uh, the podcast yep. Yep. Uh, if we can find and get a hold of uh chris siebold actually <laughs> it's not too hard to get a hold of him i know right where he's at but to get him to come on because he was a big part of the podcast for a while too oh very much so 
Drew, and, uh, I, I, I used to love, oh, what was the segment that he used to do? Not Mac oh. News. Yeah, not Mac yeah. News. You oh used to do God. the segment too. You took it over from him. Well, briefly, but you know, the weird thing was it, it, not long after uh, he stopped doing it and I started doing it was the 100th podcast when right. I came out to Michigan. Yep. And then I ended up becoming like a regular anyway. Yep. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, you got to celebrate your heritage and your history. And the MyMac podcast has got a great history. And even though we're not all doing the show together anymore, Tech Fan and, and MyMac podcast have been sister shows since David no, and I started this one. Yeah, since the beginning. Yep, and uh, I do want to celebrate that sometime this year. So let's let's get together and, and start planning that out ahead of time, so it's not a, a mad scramble at the end to, to coordinate everybody. Well, I'm I'm, I'm I'm pretty much uh, open whenever. I mean, you know how much I love to talk. Absolutely, as much <laughs> as me. Well, maybe. <laughs> so, David, uh, good flight to you. I will talk Thank to you, you when you're in Hong Kong. And Guy, great to talk to you again. For everybody else, we will be back in one week with another exciting episode of TechFan. Bye.